What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of 99 Everything with Jonathan. That's me. We have a bit of a different setting today if you're watching the video version of this. Uh, and you may also notice that I'm very tanned right now. So the reason for that is because I am actually two days out from my second bodybuilding competition as a men's physique competitor. But that is also a big reason why I have my guest here today. So we're pretty much in an Airbnb today. And so we're not in Sydney, so we're in Queensland. Also, by the time this is uploaded, I probably would have competed already. So we'll see how we go. But this guy here is my coach. And besides being a coach to myself, he's also coached several other bodybuilding athletes who have placed and won uh, medals in their shows. Uh, he's also a very successful online coach, uh, sorry, successful IFBB pro, but he's currently retired and we'll kind of delve more into that. Without any further ado, welcome to the podcast, Paulie. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on and uh, I'm really happy with how you're looking and I'm excited to see how you go this weekend. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think I look better too now. Now that I look at that photo that you took of me, yeah. like, it seems like I'm a bit more dialed in here. Yeah, you definitely would push it these last couple of weeks and obviously you've flattened out a bit, so it was hard to see the detail, but mm. now that we've started the carb-up process, things are popping out a bit more. It, it's it's crazy how like these changes can happen like yeah. so like quickly. It can, and sometimes you lose sight of like the process because at the time when you were flat and depleted, you can't really you know, see the end result until you just keep pushing through and then you start that carb up process and it all shines through. I, I got to say that that's actually very, like, that was actually my experience because at some point I was like, do I even look good anymore? I yeah. can't even tell. Yeah. Anyways, Paulie, I wanted to start just kind of uh, learning a bit about your upbringing and um, I guess your journey to where you were, where you went to become a IPP pro, yeah. which is a very prestigious thing. Um, it's very difficult to be on my IPB Pro. And after that, just kind of delve into what, how we went from being an IPB Pro to where you are now. Yeah, sure, so. man. Um, well, yeah, I my parents are Vietnamese. I've got the typical Vietnamese background story. They escaped war, uh, came over here on a boat, um, and yeah, ended up raising me. Um, I grew up and born and raised in Perth. Um, I guess my upbringing, I was bit of an outcast you know like uh, I grew up in a bit of a ghetto suburb of Western Australia I was one of the few Asian families in the suburb and um, I, got, I probably got picked on a lot when mm -hmm. I was young um, kind of brewed some insecurity within myself um, and then I ended up I actually ended up martial arts when I was really young um, and if you would have asked me as a teenager where I would end up, I, I would have told you I'd be a professional fighter. Mm. Um, so I did um, mostly, I delved in a few different martial arts, but I mostly did Muay Thai. Um, and then I actually, when I left school, became a PT, or studied Cert 3 and 4 to be a PT through my love of martial arts. Mm. And then it wasn't actually until I did my Cert 3 and 4 that I actually started weight training. Um, and then soon after I started weight training, I actually quickly fell in love with weight training. Um, I think it was just a whole, I fell in love with the aspect of like having a routine and it's, it's all about you versus you, you know, it's, it's about being your personal best. Like from day one of me training, I was, 
log booking my sessions. Wow, nice. yep. I had a training plan. I was always about, you know, what did I do last week? What do I need to do this week to, to be better? Um, and I, I really enjoyed that thoroughly. And I, um, I soon actually gave up martial arts and really just delved into weight training. Um, and I, I responded pretty well to the weight training. I, th- I think in the first two or three years, I, I put on a good 10 kilos of muscle. Mm. Um, How old were you when you started weight training? So I was only, I was about 19. Mm. Um, so I guess for most IFB pros, it's probably a bit of a late start. Mm. Um, yeah, so 19 when I started that. And then um, I had no intention of ever competing. Like that wasn't what I wanted to do. It was more so, um, one, just to build self-esteem. And secondly, just because I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, soon after I started working as a personal trainer. Um, I happened to be working at a gym that had quite a few other bodybuilders and um like i said I, I responded pretty well to the weight training and a few of the other trainers used to come up to me and oh you should compete you should compete and, and i remember like god like fuck that you know i don't want to do that <laughs> why would i want to go on stage and what, what was the main reason you didn't want to do it um did you have to wear a thong uh partly partly <laughs> um i think it's, it's, it's interesting because i've never really asked myself that um mm. But I think probably part of it was just the fact that, you know, I kind of grew up and I was like, didn't have much self-esteem and I, I probably, I really wasn't good at anything when I was young, mm. I'd be honest. Um, so I, I, deep down, I probably subconsciously thought that I just wasn't good enough to do it. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until actually one of the guys from my gym who happened to be the same age as me, um, he went to go compete. So a group of us from the gym went to go support him and you know, I'm watching, I'm watching the guys compete. I was watching him compete. He was in the, the junior bodybuilding. So same age as me, I would have, st- I would have been a junior at that time. Um, and then I was kind of looking at these guys and then like, you know, a few of my boys I was with was kind of looking at the, what was happening. And I'm like, bro, you look better than these guys, mm. you know? And I was like, in my head, I was like, you know what? I actually, I actually kind of do, you know? Mm, okay, um, cool. So I started building some self-belief about myself and I was like, you know what? Just give it a shot, you know, mm. give it a shot. And I, um, soon after that, I hired a coach and then um, I, I did the next season um, and I just really dedicated myself to it. And um, part of the reason why I wanted to compete was just to win a medal. Um, like I said, up to that point, I don't think I ever won anything ever before, mm. you know. Um, and then lo and behold, I did my first show. I won my first show. And, it's um, the first show you won? First show I wow. won. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and, you know, not to be cocky or anything, but I, I won pretty flying colors. You yeah, know? yeah, cool. Um, and I was, just, I was just hooked after that. Yeah, mad. Um, so that was what age? So I was 21 at the time. 21, won your first show. Yeah. Um, and was this IFBB? IFBB, yeah. Cool. What, what year was this? So this would have been 2013. Um, okay. So I was a, a bodybuilder. Um, so um, now, I'm, um, if you guys don't know, I'm a classic physique pro. But um, back then, they didn't have classic physique. Yeah. It, was, it was for men's. It was bodybuilding. 2013 was actually the first year men's physique was introduced. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was, yep. a, I was a little bodybuilder in, in that day, you know? Yeah, cool. Um, and then what was your journey to becoming a pro? Um, again, like I never really like sought out to be a pro, you know, like I did that first show out of a sort of a whim, I guess. Won that, I felt really good about it. I did my first, uh, I won my state show and then I went on to do a national show and I got third place at the national show. 
Um, so then third place at your first national show. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so then after that, it was just like, okay, now I need to win a national show. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, like the thought of turning pro just wasn't in my head. It was just like yeah. the next progression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so took me, took me a couple of years to do that. 2015, I came back, uh, I won a national show. Um, that same year, I won an international show. I did uh, Amateur Olympia. I uh, won that as well. In Europe? Um, no, they, they hosted uh, Amateur Olympia here in Australia. It was actually here in uh, Queensland. Cool. Um, yeah, so I won that. And um, again, I won pretty pretty clearly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, started making a name for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, one thing just led to another. It was just like, okay, I won a national show. Now it's to win an overall national show, which would mean that I win a pro cup. Mm. So wh- when was that year? Um, so that was 2018. Yep. Um, so I did a, f- a couple of shows in between that, uh, where I f- fell a little bit short. And then um, 2018 was actually the first year that the IFU Pro League introduced Classic Physique. Mm. Um, I did that, and then I became the first Australian Classic Physique Pro. So, so that's something I actually forgot to mention in the intro. Paul is actually the first Australian Classic Physique Pro. That is mm. like a pretty big accolade. Um, considering that I'd say classic physique is the most popular division right now. I can agree. In Australia. Like I can agree. The, for my, so my show in New South Wales, it got the, like my division got delayed because there was just so many classic physique competitors. So, yeah. um, there's a lot of people trying to gun for that, um, pro, pro spot now. Absolutely. Pro card. Yeah. So that's really cool. So you turned pro and did you do any pro shows? Yes, I've done uh, four pro shows. I actually did my pro debut uh, six days after I turned pro. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, my original plan going into that season was to try to win my pro card at the Arnold Classic Australia. Um, if I fell short, I was going to try in New Zealand. Um, it just happened to be that I won at the Arnold Classic Australia and I was like, you know what, it's a week away, let's just give it a shot anyway. Um, so yeah, six days later I did my pro debut and I actually got fifth in my pro debut, wow. uh, which I'm really happy about. And then um, I did uh, three shows in 2019, um, that wasn't the best prep for me. Um, I ended up uh, getting two top 10 placings and then one top five placing. What would you attribute to that season not being as good? Because um, typically what we see is like, well, ideally is every season you can get better, right? You try yeah. and improve. What would you, why would you say that one was just not as good? Um, I actually had um, some health issues. Um, so I was suffering at the time with severe sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, on a, uh, I was actually on a surgery wait list for that. Um, it just so happened to be that they uh, contacted me for surgery at... Uh, 16 weeks out um, at 16 weeks out I con- I consulted with the surgeon he told me that it would be at a two week recovery so I was like sweet let's do it mm. um, I'd had the surgery it was the most painful experience I've had in my life so so for people who don't know what sleep apnea is that's when like I think the neck muscles are constricting on your like, yeah um, so basically yeah. it's um an apnea is pretty much when you stop breathing while you sleep and that can be a multiple of reasons yeah it can be yeah from a large throat so your throat kind of closes up while you sleep mm. so your quality of sleep is really, really poor yeah so for me i i did a sleep study and i was having 
29 at news per hour, which meant that I stopped breathing 29 times an hour. So you can imagine, like, I would have, like, 10 hours sleep and felt like I slept free, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Like, my quality of life at the time was extremely poor. How how did you... Did you did you already know about sleep apnea before you had it? Like, how did you? So, for other people who might be sleeping ten hours and also like they just feel like terrible. Yeah. How did? What kind of symptoms did you have? I was exhausted all the time, you know, and it it really annoyed me because I was living such a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, I was um, training. I I wasn't partying or anything like that. I was had a regular sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I would sleep eight, nine hours and wake up and feel like dog shit. Mm. Uh, I knew something was up, you know, and I had um, other bodybuilders kind of tell me before that like that was uh, an issue, but it's usually like the super heavyweight bodybuilders that have this issue. Yeah. And, you know, I, I probably got to, like the heaviest I got to was about 95 kilos, which I guess is actually pretty big for someone who's barely 5'7". Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it... Um, it, it plagued me and then I ended up getting a sleep study done. Um, I, I've always known I'm a, I was a snorer, um, but kind of growing up, I just thought it was just one of those things. Like you either snore or you don't snore. Like it just wasn't like, I didn't think snoring was a was bad, bad thing, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, lo and behold, I, I did a sleep study and I got diagnosed with severe sleep apnea. Right. And then, so you had the surgery about 16 weeks out. Yeah. It was supposed to be about a two week recovery, but yeah. what happened? Um, it ended up taking me probably about six weeks to fully recover. Um, so I had the surgery. Um, like I said, it was the most painful surgery. So sleep apnea can be a wider range of issues, but my issue was I had a enlarged tongue. So they shrunk my tongue. Um, they, they cut out my epiglottis mm-hmm. um, and my tonsils. Mm. Um, so basically all the insides of my mouth was all stitched up. So I couldn't eat for oh. about three weeks. I actually, in two weeks, in two weeks of after the surgery, I lost twenty kilos. And this is from not eating. From not eating. Wow. Yeah, yeah twenty kilos in two weeks. That yeah. Yeah. So some people be like, <laughs> hell yeah, but no, yeah. this is not good for bodybuilders. It's not good for bodybuilders. Yeah. So then, you know, it took me probably like three to four weeks just to start slowly eating like soft food. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually had to try to regain some of my weight, which is not really what you want to be doing during, during prep. prep. Yeah, yeah. You know, so by the time I regained some of my weight, and I probably only regained maybe eight or nine kilos, um, I was about nine weeks out of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. In hindsight, I probably should have just not committed to the prep, but actually, it was. I'm glad that I did because um, you know that ended up being my last season of competing. Mm. Okay, so talking about that, um, why did that become your last season? Um, and I guess what type of like things were... Because obviously that doesn't just happen like that, right? Yeah. You're obviously probably thinking about it already. Yeah. What, what came to that decision of deciding to no longer be a... Uh, well, you're retired IFBB pro now. Yeah. Um, bodybuilding, you know, as you probably know now from your, your first season competing, it's a, it's a very obsessive lifestyle. Like everything needs to be structured. Everything needs to be planned throughout your day or your meals, you know, the amount of sleep you get or the steps, everything is tracked. You are 
you are a robot you are mm-hmm. like you know that you're a science experiment you know like yeah, every, yeah every variable needs to variable, be variable tracking yeah, yeah, yeah everything needs to be accounted for and um you know when i was really passionate about body i love that it was it was great um unfortunately when you're doing that it doesn't really leave too much time for anything else yes you know um and i think you know obsessiveness is required to get great at anything you know i'm not downplaying that at all um to really get good at something you need to be obsessed and you need to sacrifice in order mm. to get there um but you know from the span of what nine years of me competing um that, that's a long time it's a long time you know and like i said i started competing when i was 21 you know, like when most 21 year olds are out partying and shit like that, I wasn't doing that. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't even lifted for nine years. Yeah. This is nine years of competitive Com- yeah. lifting. Yeah. Like I said, I, I did my first international show within like the first year of me competing. Like I was, I was dedicated for nine years. It wasn't like, you know, I'm not knocking on any competitors, but you know, some people compete, but they just, it's very casual for them. You know, this is, I gave it 100% when I, when I went in, you know, yeah. um, and yeah, I kind of just got to a point where the sacrifices for me felt like sacrifices. And I felt like I was at a point where because I was so obsessed with bodybuilding that um, other areas of my life started to um, decline. Decline, you know, mm-hmm. and they, I wasn't happy with, um, you know, not that my business was bad. Like I have a good business, but I definitely believe that it, it could have been further along if I paid a bit more attention to it, if I was less focused on bodybuilding. Um, also, my, my relationships with my family and my friends suffered, you know. Um, yeah, it's really hard to have balance when mm. um, you're mm. all in, in something, right? Yes. So that's really interesting because I'd say, so I've been training for about eight years. Mm. You've been competing for nine years. One of, one of the biggest reasons I didn't I only waited till now to compete was one of the main things I that stopped me from competing was I was afraid that I'd get like lost in it yeah because um when I first started like maybe three four years into my lifting like career I got pretty obsessive with it too like I'd like just never go out I'd shut off like from friends I'd be like yeah I'm so cool in the gym being yeah. alone eating my chicken breast bring my top like freaking like plastic like Tupperware, Tupperware to like, to like karaoke. Bags. I actually bought it to karaoke one time. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And people were like, like that's you, so extreme. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was only after like maybe on self-reflection, I was like, what am I even doing? You know, is yeah. this even healthy? Yeah. Um, so it, I, I had to almost like learn to be like, like less obsessive and be more balanced. Yeah. And then when I thought I was like at a place where like, I'm like, quite emotionally healthy like I'm not gonna um because I guess maybe at that time too I was like just trying to get big for out of insecurity or like trying to prove a point or something right yeah um I had to get to a point where none of like bodybuilding was not a means to an end it was just something I wanted to do because it was fun yeah you know so I think that's why now I'm okay with being obsessive with it because I know like I can like switch it off switch it off and like I think that's what in my opinion what true balance means like I, I, I don't believe in balance all the time I think if you're balanced all the time you're probably going to get no, nowhere real quick you know what I mean like, I agree um, I think balance in my opinion is knowing when to turn the switch up and when to turn the switch down like for example you're prepping right now so you need to be all in on bodybuilding right yeah. whereas maybe you know 
in a couple months' time, we've kind of reversed out of your dieting and you're a bit of an off-season now. Okay, let's, let's turn it down a little bit and let's, let's spend some more time with my family and friends. Let's, let's focus a little bit more on business. Let's spend some more time there, you know? Yeah. I, think, um, I think that's what true balance is. Um, and it's funny because I remember being young and, and um, you know, reading about, you know, Ronnie, guys like Ronnie Coleman, Kevin LeBron, even Chris Bumstead does this. Like after Olympia, they just take like three months off, you know? Mm. And at the time I was like, why would you do that? Like that's you lazy. Yeah, you're yeah. lazy, you're losing gains, you know? Like like how are you Mr. Olympia when you after Olympia you take like three months off? Mm. And now I'm on the other side and I completely get it, you know? Mm. But it, it's it's hard to tell someone that because, you know, when you're in that beast mode mentality You're already so obsessive. You're obsessed, you're mm. obsessed, like and like obsessed is not a healthy behavior you know like mm. i it's funny because i i used to uh, there's a saying that um the lazy uh called the dedicated no sorry i'm butchering this um the lazy called the dedicated obsessed something yeah something like that yeah that's it um but like obsessed is described as obsessed right like mm. it's, it's not like dedicated is when you can focus on something and be fully present in that mm. and get that done and then be able to switch off on it. But the thing is like, when you're obsessed with something, you're not able to switch off on something, you know? Like sometimes my clients, like they get to these real lows and they start to lose motivation. I'm like, bro, just take two weeks off training, mm. you know? Mm. And a lot of people can't do that. They're like, I can't take two weeks off training. What are you talking about? You know, I'm like, bro, it's not the end of your life if you take two weeks of training. Mm. You got to come back stronger for it. You know, you're gonna be, load, right? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. be mentally fresh. You mm. get the hunger back. You know, but people can't do that. You know, it's like the flip side of just being lazy and not starting. It's yeah, like the, it's like you have the two different extremes: people who don't exercise at all, people who can't let go of it. Exactly. Yeah, that that's pretty interesting. I I was thinking about that obsessed and dedicated thing recently too. Yeah. And I had a little different, I was different spin on it. It's kind of not related, but I was thinking like people will call you obsessive, but they'll call you dedicated when you win. Like when the outcome, when you win, that's when they're like, oh, nah, you weren't being like unbalanced. You did good. But when when you don't don't win, they're like, oh, are you sure this is like, yeah, I get what you're saying. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm kind of unrelated. Yeah. But, um, okay. So, Fast track to now, so you, you're no longer competing, but now you're helping others compete. And I guess you also have some lifestyle clients too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, you want to kind of talk through what that process has been like? Because I also, I follow you on social media. I know you, uh, you de- it definitely seems like there's a lot more balance in your lifestyle. Now I know you recently went to Vietnam too, just yeah. to like, I guess, visit family and just like connect with your culture. Like, yeah. what, what has been like your, I guess, main focus now that, bodybuilding is not your uh, main priority yeah exactly yeah yeah um, yeah like I kind of mentioned before I think like uh, a couple of areas of my life that really kind of took a down step for me being um, too into bodybuilding was uh, business a little bit and my relationships with my family and friends mm-hmm. um, so being definitely more focused on business which has been great um, my clients, my client database is the highest it's ever been. Mm. And, um, you know, all my clients, are, not that my clients didn't do well in the past. A lot of my clients did do really great in the past. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm really able to live through some of my clients at the moment. Mm. And they're all looking great and uh, they're all doing really well. And, um, yeah, secondly, just being able to spend more time with my family and friends has been really great for me. You know, mm. um, you know I'm, I'm 
I'm big into family, as I'm sure you probably are too. Um, and just being able to, you know, like, go hang out with my mom and go grab a pizza if you want to, not yeah. have to worry about it, you know. Yeah. Like just little things like that is great, you know. And like you said, you know, I just spent uh, three and a half weeks in, in Vietnam visiting family and, mm-hmm. like, I just, like, I just don't worry about it, you know. Like, some of those weeks, I was probably training once a week, twice a week, and mm-hmm. it was just, like... In the past, I think I'd probably feel guilty about that, right? Like, oh, I'm training once this week, you know? Mm-hmm. I beat myself up, and then I'm on holiday thinking about, like, macros and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And now I just don't care. Like, now I just, like, try to try to get a good amount of protein in and try not to eat like a fat fuck, but mm-hmm. still enjoy myself, you mm-hmm. know? And um, it's just great to be able to be present with, you know, my family and my friends, right? Like, yeah. you know, instead of, like being with your family and worrying about what you're eating or, you know, what time it is so you can go home and get some sleep and, mm. you know, um, you know, and work as well, you know, like sometimes I'm having to work a lot and, you know, time goes by, you know, five, six hours go by and, you know, I, I don't eat and I'm just on a roll. I just want to work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas like in the past, I'm not going to stop and eat and, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's not like you've completely stepped away from bodybuilding. You're still able to, you're literally at the national show coming this weekend you're like you're still participating in it but not at the extreme level you're um like you previously were oh absolutely man and it's funny because like you know common questions i get all the time is you know what's your training like at the moment what's your nutrition like at the moment yeah and um you know like when people ask me like what's my nutrition like at the moment like my most simple answer is i eat whatever i want but when i say that i think people just automatically assume like eating whatever i want is going out and eating freaking cheeseburgers Nuggets, every day. Yeah, yeah. It's not the case, you know? Like, yeah. if I want to, then I can, and I won't give a crap about it. Mm. But it's ingrained into me to want to feel good about my body and to fuel my body, you know? So every single day, I'm still hitting a good amount of protein. I'm still eating my vegetables. I'm, I still follow a diet, so to speak, mm. you know? Like, I've been doing this for 12 years, you know? Like, mm. these habits don't die, mm. you know? I'm just not meticulous with it. I'm not tracking everything that goes into my mouth mm-hmm. you know i'm not having to put pressure to hit certain numbers you know it's just like okay i eat like four meals a day everything has protein in it have some vegetables in it yeah you know if Good. i want to eat more i do if i want to eat less i eat less like i still live a healthy lifestyle and like i said it's it's kind of gone back to that balance thing i'm just turned bodybuilding down but bodybuilding will always be in me yeah always be in me so i actually remember what i was going to say because that, that was actually connected to it. So um, this whole podcast is about 1990 everything, right? Yeah. So just maximizing like every facet of our lives. The interesting thing is if you didn't go so hard out with bodybuilding, um, you wouldn't be able to have this ability to shift it back. You know, So most, let's say 90, 99% of people, they're just struggling to like, let's say hit protein or just stay on a diet. Yeah. Well, for you, it's like now that you've pushed, you literally, let's say 100, you went yeah. to, you became a pro. Yeah. Now you have the flexibility to kind of shift how, like, let's say um, you have a photo shoot yeah. in three months. You know, okay, in the yeah. next three months, I can get into exactly. shape. Exactly, 100%. So I, it's almost like 99, going to that extreme level and being obsessed, I think it almost seems like it's a good thing. Because now you can learn to like dial back when you need to, versus people who've never even touched that. Exactly. They, they just, yeah, they just can't. 
exactly. choose to go and to get into shape. And that's why, like, and, and, and uh, we were talking a little bit about this off camera, but, you know, doing a prep, right, where you have to be obsessed with it to do well or look really good anyway, um, you need to be meticulous. You need to have that self-discipline. And when you're able to bring that and learn those skills from bodybuilding, you can put that in any area of your life, yeah, right? Yeah. Any area. And it's not until you actually learn self-discipline, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't, understand what self-discipline is you know self-discipline is like being able to sacrifice the now for later you know um you know thinking about how good it's going to feel later and working your ass off now mm. right um everyone just wants to feel good they want now, now. they yeah. want to feel good now yeah um yeah so learning how to push those limits is really important mm. um and yeah i pushes limits to bodybuilding where now I can relax a little bit and exactly like you said I know that if I wanted to and I needed to I could flick that switch and get straight back into it yeah and, and what's funny is when you say you're relaxed that's still like most people's like 80 yeah you know and it's funny because like at the moment you know, I cop a little bit of flack because you know there's times where I legit train maybe a few times a week and you know, my nutrition, like I said, it's not meticulous. I still consider myself I reasonably well. Um, but then I get, you know, other competitors that kind of look at me and, you know, I'm still in good shape and they're like, hey, how do you look like that? And, you know, while they're going 100. And like, I think they forget that I've been gone 100 for 10 years. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a lot easier for me to maintain this because I've put in that work previously, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that I'm able to relax. Whereas if you've never done that, like you, it, you've got to push. Like yeah. if you're trying to get something you've never had before, you you have to push. You yes. have to be obsessive. You have to go all in. Whereas like, even though you're like, you know, I, I still look good now. I am nowhere near my prime. You know, like I'm actually 15 kilos less than when I retired. Mm. Um, so I'm nowhere near my prime, but this like the physique I have now is super easy for me to maintain because mm -hmm. I have gone the other way I have yeah. gone you know I've pushed that far it's not like I just look I randomly just woke up like this mm -hmm. from training like a couple of times a week and you know sporadically eating healthy you know like yeah. I had to be obsessed so that I can now relax people, and people a lot of people don't see that part yeah you know um, it's, so you know Alex Hermosi right yeah he actually said the same thing he was like it's almost like you built a passive income body You've stacked it up for so long that now you can chill. Yeah, way. I, I so, like that. Yeah, um, there. Interesting. That's a pretty like I guess extensive like look into where you started and I guess where you are at now. Um, so I wanted to actually dive into what is your current fitness routine. Yeah. And what do you? You kind of talked about what you eat already, but um, because you are an online coach, you are like a I guess a personal trainer. So for the most part you still live healthily, but with a bit more I guess lax and balance. But yeah. generally like how are you training now um to, to maintain the physique you have? Yeah, so I um I I still have a, a training program. Um my training program is four weight sessions a week. It's a upper lower split. Um so I do upper lower simply because it allows me to if I need to miss a training session that I can okay. and yeah. I've still hit all my body parts um, even I'm still weight training and part of the goal is still hypertrophy but a lot of it is just a little bit more dare I say like functional movements mm. um, I like to feel 
more athletic at this point in time. Yep. Um, not only that is if I'm really on point in my schedule is I'll generally do one or two sort of cardio based workouts as well. Um, cardiovascular health is uh, really important to me now. Um, it should it should still be important to you as a competitor as well, but I think people get so um, obsessed with the weight training that it kind of lacks on the cardio side. So um, yeah, that's really important to me right now to keep that up as well. And yeah, generally speaking, that the cardio based sessions it's not it's not always just like traditional formal cardio. I like to do and uh, you 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 know because you follow me, but I like to just do random fun shit. Like mm. one week I might go do a Muay Thai session the next week I might do a BJJ session and one week I might go salsa dancing like Mm -hmm. um, I just like the novelty of it and and a lot of these things I just mentioned like were things I have always had a bit of interest in um, but because I was so into bodybuilding I got no time for that Mm -hmm. you know like I can't do a Muay Thai session and go in and do a hard leg session the next day like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I can't roll around and BJJ and then go do a big chest session the day after. Yeah, you're too fatigued. Yeah. Whereas now I'm just really relaxed about it. And, mm. you know, if I go and do a BJJ session and I end up with a bang shoulder the next day, I can have a rest day the next day and not feel bad about it, you know? Like, um, that's kind of where I am with my training. Mm. It's, it's um, you know, it's just to make me feel good. Yeah. yeah. So, like, functionality, well being yeah. of training now. 100%. Very cool. Um, so, something I. I also, I guess this was not a factor factor for why I chose you as my, as my coach, um, but you, are, I perceive you as someone who's quite emotionally intelligent, and I've seen you post on your social media about like I think through your like question and answer stuff like you've done like inner work you you obviously like know yourself very well like introspection and all that kind of stuff so. Do you kind of want to like explain to like the listeners and the viewers like what inner work is and what that's done for you? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I guess in relation to me, and I, I see a lot of, I see it a lot in competitors. I think most people that start bodybuilding kind of start from a place of insecurity. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, with all of us, um, you know, they start working on their body to try to beat this insecurity, and it helps a little bit, but. I don't think it's never really the case. Yep. Yeah. You know, you can get people I've I know I feel pros that are the most insecure people you've ever met, you know? They're crying about how fat they are or how skinny they are and oh did you know I feel pro? Like you look better than ninety nine percent of the population. Mm. You know, it's it's insane, it blows my mind. Mm. But I think it's because, you know, these people haven't really done that emotional work. They haven't um, really upset, like looked inside themselves to see um, areas of their life or their emotion or their mental intelligence to be able to um, recognize what's going on, right? Um, So I'm a big proponent of um, meditation, meditation in any kind, you know, just being able to just slow down and be able to reflect on what's going on and also just to think about nothing as well mm. you know because there's so much stimulation that's happening all the time these days know? too now. particularly through social media right yeah. you know it's you open up social media it's everyone's highlight reel everyone looks fucking ripped everyone's rich everyone's you know blah 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 and you have this social pressure of wanting to look like that um but yeah it's not until you kind of like slow down and you just focus on you and realize like 
what you need to improve on is where you start feeling more happier yourself instead of yeah. comparing to other people, you know? Yeah, so I think this is something that um, that a lot of people kind of skip. Like, when it comes to, like, 90-90 everything, like, a lot of people think it's just fitness like and money, right? Yeah. But a lot of the times, like, the, like you said before, those are two ways to kind of mask an insecurity. Yeah. So... I almost feel like if you feel the, if you kind of like focus on the dimension of like inner work, emotional health, and you're actually just content and happy with like, no, like let's say poor fit, no, that's normal fitness and like normal money. You're, you're almost stacking from a like much more stronger foundation. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once you do that, that inner work in a way, like, I don't think you can be a full hippie as well. Like, I don't think that's healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like some people say, oh, you know, I'm just happy. I'm just happy being fat or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, full self-acceptance. Ca- full body acceptance. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, you know? me too. Like, because if you really loved yourself, I think you would, you would want to take yourself. care of your body. Yeah. You know, I, if, if you really love yourself, you'd want to um, keep pursuing things that help you grow. Right? I agree. You know, you wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm happy just making nothing and being fat, you know, like, yeah. I think you, you're lying to yourself. I know that's my opinion. Anyway. I might get blasted for that, but <laughs> I, th- I think most people would agree because if you were to do that for your kid, let's say your kid was fat. Yeah. To love them is actually to be like, Hey, I care for your health and let's do something about it rather than just let them be fat. Right. Exactly. So, um, I think discipline is the greatest form of self love. hundred you know, percent. Just refining yourself to be better. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, so besides meditation, what's another thing that you've, in terms of like the emotional inner work thing that you think um, would be really, really valuable to, for people to do just to like, if someone's like feeling like insecure or like there's a void or they're just not that happy. Yeah. What's, uh, what's another thing you, you found valuable that helped you? I think journaling is really important. And um, I think just spending time on your own and even, um, Man, there's an exercise that I do, and it sounds really funny, and I just I, I talk to myself in the mirror, mm. you know? I talk to myself in the mirror, and I, I, um, it, it, I can, it can be anything. It can be reflecting on my life, you know? Like, taking a moment to look back at what I've gone through, you know? Like, all of us, I guarantee you, have gone through a lot in our lives, you know? And just to spend some time to fucking look at yourself I'm like man I'm a badass man I've mm. been through some shit and I'm still here yeah. and I'm still kicking like I think that's a powerful feeling that a lot of people don't do like yeah. a lot of people are so fixated on um, you know their, their negative aspects and like what they still need to improve and you know the holes without realising like mm, they're a good fucking person you know I've been yeah, yeah. through some shit I'm a strong person you know yeah. um, just being able to recognise and and just be grateful, grateful for that, grateful for who you are, grateful for the things in your life. Um, I think that can change things completely. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think it's like, comes back to if you're super obsessed with that more, I guess, like self-flagellating kind of mentality versus yeah. like, I'm doing well and I'm, I want to do more. It's like, you can have two bodybuilders that like from the outside look the same. Yeah. One hates his life and one's like, hell yeah. This yeah. Is and I think there's there's always that kind of a gray area in between, you know. You you need that like you need that want to be better, but if that's like if that's driving you into a poor mentality where like you're never good enough, um, I think that's yeah, I think that, that's a really 
bad thing for your mental health, right? Yeah. I'm just never good enough, never good enough. Like, it doesn't matter how good you look, um, you're just never good enough. I mm. think that's horrible as well. But I think it's also on the flip side, you know, not good to be complacent as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, as corny as it sounds, it's really just about learn to love who you are, but still wanting to improve. Mean? Yes, you know? yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I would subscribe to the same mentality. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, what, what other things do you think have helped your mindset? So you talked about more about the like, I guess, like congratulating yourself and all that kind of stuff. But how about like the driven aspect? Like what, what makes you want to like continue to like kill it in like business? Like be fit, like try these new like uh, cardio sessions. Like what's that more like, like bodybuilder obsessive mindset? How, how do you like keep motivating yourself? Um, that's a hard one to answer, to be honest. Uh, I've always had like, a bit of a drive to just always want to be better. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think my biggest motivation in my entire life is my mum. You know, like my mum at a younger age than myself escaped the war, hopped on a fucking boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like at the risk of, you know, going to prison, getting murdered, getting lost at sea, mm-hmm. you know, sailed across fucking the sea, landed in Australia, you know, had to go immigrant camps mm-hmm. to eventually, you know, raise three kids in a country where she didn't speak the language, had no qualifications. Like, my mom fucking hustled to, mm-hmm. to raise me, you know. And for me, she was been my biggest inspiration. And I was always, like, grateful for the opportunities that I had um, that I never wanted to, like, throw it away. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it, every time, like I recently just came back from Vietnam, every time I go back to Vietnam, I always like imagine what my life would have been like if I grew up there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we have so much opportunity here in Australia. Like I don't understand why anyone would want to like just not take advantage of it, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, we've got all opportunity. Like, I'm so grateful that I get to make a good fucking living doing what I love. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way in hell I'd be making as much money as I am now as a personal trainer in Vietnam. <laughs> like, mm. as no such thing, right? Um, yeah, I just, I just, it's a, it's a hard one for me to answer, man. But yeah, yeah I just always had a drive to want to make the most of my opportunity here on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's just like, that's my purpose of life is just to continually be better in all aspects of life. Hell yeah, you know? hell yeah. I feel. I feel like a failure if I am not progressing in life. Mm. Um, and I, I just don't understand people who, you know, just are kind of just floating floating through life. And, you know, how do you feel fulfilled? You know, like, are you lying to yourself or, you know, what's going on? That's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, I don't get it too. Yeah. It's like, and I, th- I think the, the craziest thing about um, me going through prep and you guiding me through it is you've kind of pushed the limit on what I thought I could achieve. Yeah. So um, this is kind of a tangent, but not really. Because, yeah. um, so here's an interesting thing. Maybe those people just need a coach. Yeah. Because, for example, I still remember like maybe like eight weeks or like maybe seven weeks out from the New South Wales show. I was like, man I feel pretty lean and you were like you can get leaner and in my head I was like what like, <laughs> I can get leaner yeah and because up to that point I had never been that was the leanest I've been in my entire life because I've done a few like just cuts. cuts yeah um 
and then you we we, we actually got leaner mm. and then i think like this flip switched in my mind of like holy crap like that what i thought i couldn't do there's actually more to be done yeah you know maybe some people are the same with this like floating through life because they're like oh this is the this best is I all can I'm do. capable of yeah if they just had someone to guide them to be like look you can actually do more if you just do this and apply so or just I don't know, it's almost like you just nudged me. You or you just saw the potential that there could be more. Yeah. Like maybe it's just that. Hundred percent. And I, I I love like I know I'm not saying everyone should compete, but mm. I think when you do go through that process and you realise what you're capable of, it opens up so much for you, right? I think everyone should compete. I think it was life changing for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone can handle it, but um I it was like it's the one of the probably the best thing I've done. Yeah. Life. I think, yeah, maybe like maybe not competing like for everybody like, but I think doing something that, like like you said, kind of pushes you beyond where you think you can achieve. Right? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like do something that scares you, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like stop being in your comfort zone and just, you know, because once you step outside that comfort zone, it it gets bigger, right? Yeah, it gets yeah. Bigger, yeah. you know, and and now you know you're you're in the best shape of your life, but yeah. I guarantee you, your next prep, you're gonna wanna push it even further. Yeah, and you are hundred percent capable of that. I tell you. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you just you can just keep getting better and better. You know. Everyone needs a coach, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Um. Speaking of coaching, so because you're not a professional bodybuilder anymore, and I guess a lot of bodybuilders, that's a source of income your primary source of income now is online coaching right yeah cool yeah um do you have any specific financial goals right now honestly like i i've got you know i've got i do um i've got some numbers and i don't feel like i need to share numbers or anything of course, like that yeah. um for me it's always been about financial freedom um yeah. wealth to me means um making enough money to live the lifestyle that you want without having to worry about money. Yes, 100%. Um, I have a lot of rich friends. I have a lot of friends that uh, make more money than me, 100%. But then, I'm not gonna mention names because I don't wanna knock them, but I watch how they live and it's it's not what I want, you mm. know what I mean? Like, sure, they're making heaps more money than me, but like they're working 70 hours of a week and they were tired all the time. They're neglecting their health. Um, neglecting family maybe too. Exactly. You know? Um, yeah. Whereas online coaching, I love what I do. You know, if, if money wasn't a thing, I, I would definitely help people for free. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it satisfies me to help people uh, get on stage, you know, realize their potential. Mm. Um, unfortunately money kind of, makes the world go around <laughs> um, but yeah just to be able to live a lifestyle um, that I want and I don't have to worry about money um, you know online coaching is obviously very flexible I can work anywhere in the world um, time for money it's great as well like um, I'm not having to work such long hours I'm still able to be in control I'm still able to schedule my day be able to get my training sessions in like um, like I had a job I had like I, well, I started PT when I was actually 19, just a little bit of a tangent. Started PT when I was 19. Um, first couple of years, I made no money. I quit PT. I got a, a nine to five officer job. I, oh, really? I, yeah, I got a nine to five office job. I was, uh, I was a accounts manager for a company that did office fit out. So I was basically planning offices and I was selling desk chairs, all this crap. Interesting. Obviously not 
passionate about this job. Mm-hmm. I think I was on a 75k, 75K cal- uh, salary, sorry, yeah. um, at 21 years old. 20, that's not 21. Bad at all. That's pretty good for a 20 year old. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money for a 20 year old. Um, but at the time, I was still bodybuilding. Um, and it didn't allow me to get my meals in. Um, I had to work overtime a lot, which meant that sessions were missed. And at the time, like I said, I was bodybuilding. I was, that was my key focus. And I gave that up. I gave it up um, probably within six months. And then I pursued my fitness and I've never looked back from there. Mm. Um, it was always about like money wasn't the key driver. It was about living a lifestyle that I loved and living, making enough money to, to live the lifestyle that I wanted. Mm. Um, so I guess... That's my financial goal. Yeah, financial freedom. You know, oh, that's awesome. And um, you know, and unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, as you get older, the definition of what your financial freedom changes, right? You know, whether when you're single, it's different. Mm. You're you get a family, you got to provide for them. Um, so in a way, it, it does kind of scale up. Yeah. But I would never, I would never trade all the money in the world for not having the lifestyle that I want. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like you said, now you have way more time too. So it's not just more money, but it's more time. Yeah. You know, um, this is kind of related, but I was curious, like, did your mum ever, like, want you to have, like, a, did your mum ever want you to be a doctor or, like, do finance stuff? Yeah, yeah, she did. Typical, yeah. typical Asian mum. <laughs> but, you know, you can't hate Asian mums for being that way, you know, yeah, yeah. like, Asian families for being that way, like, you know, obviously they came from a third world country and they come over and they just, they just think like that's the only way to make money. They want stability for you. For sure. Yeah. And it wasn't until like, it wasn't until my, my, my parents, like when I started PT, they weren't too happy about that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't until they actually started seeing that I was doing financially well that mm. um, they're like, you know what? They they're, they're, they're happy for me. You yeah, know? yeah, cool. I bought my, I bought my first home at 24 years old. Um, I got a hundred k deposit down on my first home at twenty four. That, like, that's really impressive. My parents were like, "What the fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you do that?" You know, I'm like, "This is the money I'm making from PT, you know." Mm. Um, and yeah, so basically, your parents just want the best for you, and they, yeah. they just think that's what's best for you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you yeah. can't hate them for that. You yeah. Know? Um, and it's not until that you're able to prove that, you know, that's stable and that's. Um, you're able to provide doing that and I think any parents would come around and be happy for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like until, it's, I think most parents are like that until you kind of like show that it's actually working, then they can kind of let go. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, they're just worried parents, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is kind of segue into our next question. So we kind of already touched on it, but like, so family is like, a, I guess, a big value for you. Yeah. And, um, and you kind of talked about it. It's also because pretty inspirational your mum literally fled as a refugee refugee slash immigrant yeah started in a i'd i'd say australia was pretty racist back then too oh, 100%, you know? 100%. so like it she definitely battled a lot of adversity to i guess get to provide for you and like your siblings right yeah um so so i guess for you now like uh what, what does family really mean to you? And, and I guess the relationships you have with your family, like what, what type of meaning does it have towards you? Family means everything to me, man. And like, I actually like, I come from a broken family now. Um, it's mainly just me, my mom and my sister left. Um, but, you know, they were the people that would, 
there from day one, you know, the mm. people that believed in me when I was nothing, you know. Um, like I said, my mum sacrificed so much. She worked so hard to um, just put food on the table and help me be where I am. Like, why wouldn't I want to give back to that, you know? Um, and I, I just, you know, the love I got from my mum, I, I, I want to give back and also pass on as well, you know? Mm. That's why family is just so important to me. Do you, uh, do you help your mum financially? Absolutely, yeah. So I guess that's another, like, financial goal right 100%. and I think that's very underrated I think a lot of people are like yeah when I'm balling I'm going to buy the next like, car but I think just I, for me personally that's a goal of mine too it's like yeah. being able to give back to my parents because they've been like you know supporting me financially and all that mm-hmm. for me to like give back to them would like it, it would make me very satisfied and also like knowing that they don't have to work anymore yeah yeah, yeah is, is very satisfying. Yeah, my mom's retired. I've retired my mom. I paid wow, for that, it. Wow, that's yeah. an awesome goal. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, all right. Is there anything in life you want to do that you haven't done yet? And why? Um, it actually kind of stems from the last question. Um, first of all, I still just want to continue improving um, everything I'm doing. Continue improving my business. I want to help more and more people. Um Fitness obviously has changed my life and I really am satisfied with helping um, sort of the next generation, so to speak. Um, and secondly, um, I'd love to start my own family one day as mm-hmm. well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I feel like it's a waste for me to, you know, put so much effort into myself in wanting to be a better person, to, to work on myself emotionally and mentally, to not pass that on yeah yeah you know, that's awesome to, to leave the next generation whether it's just the people who I'm able to influence or my kids to to be better people you know yeah. I, I think it's a waste for it to all die within myself that that's really interesting because I, I I listened to this on a podcast too they were like a big reason why you have to be selfish in the beginning is then you can be selfless to like the family and Love all the that. people you help around you know Love so that. that's really cool man What's stopping you, I guess, is finding a wife? Uh, yeah, that, that equation, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I am very content with who I am and I'm, you know, still improving as a person and um, I'm happy along my journey, man. Yeah. Um, I'm sure when the time comes, it will happen. It's not something I'm... You're rushing. Yeah, I'm rushing or stressed about or anything like that. Yeah, you know? cool. Like, I, I think when it comes to, like, finding a partner, it's about... Being the person that would attract your ideal partner. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, we all want this amazing partner, but are we that person that that partner would want? Um, So, in the meantime, I'm just continuing to work on myself, continue being a better person. And I think that way you will attract that type of person anyway. Yeah. Rather than, like, kind of chase for it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, What are the top two habits you believe everyone should apply in order to become more successful in their lives um it would be self-discipline and self-reflection it's really funny because the last guest said like pretty much the same okay yeah (laughs) cool um yeah i agree uh so this is actually a question from one of my uh friends okay because i I asked this on my like asked the ig uh, like question thing yeah and a uh, few people actually ask questions cool some of them were kind of shit though so I didn't like some of them 
we're like, how can I make the diet easier? And I think your answer would be like, <laughs> just, just, just suck it up, you know? But, okay. you know? Um, but shout out to Long. His question was, what was the biggest sacrifice you had to make to become an IPV pro? Oof. Um, that's a hard one to answer, man, because I think like at, at the time, you know, I, I was so passionate and probably obs- well, I was obsessed with bodybuilding, but none of it kind of felt like a sacrifice. Um, if I had to say, give you an answer, it would probably be time away from my family. Um, as we mentioned, family is, is extremely important to me. And I, I know, not that I wasn't completely absent, but I know I, I had stepped away from them um but you know that's partly the reason why i'm trying to give back so much now right yeah um i wish i was able to sort of toggle it better when i was younger um Mm. but i can't say that either because you know who knows i wouldn't be the person i am now yeah yeah. if i wasn't you know if i didn't push that limit to where i am now yeah um yeah it's a hard one it's definitely a hard one to answer hard one to answer um because yeah I, I I think maybe it's in all cultures but in Asian cultures eating is like one of the biggest ways to connect with like your family right yeah so even like during the last five months of like me prepping I've only the one time I had that diet break I could eat out on Father's Day yeah and and then apart from that we had like there was some Chinese like I think drag or autumn festival thing okay and then I literally just had my meal prep while yeah. they had their food. Yeah. So, Asian mom's always like, oh, eat this, eat this. Yeah. And then, and then the mom, my mom, like, after all the shows I ever did, they would never, like, understand. Like, surely you can take one meal. Like, it's not going to make a difference. So, like, yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. They're like, oh, you look so skinny, eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom says that to me all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I think, because I, I told my parents, like, um, like, the next five months, I'm just not going to be able to spend as much time with them. Um, and I actually booked like we have this like we have the Crown um, Casino in Sydney yeah. and there's the buffet called Epicurean cool. and I've just booked that for like post show just to like kind of just spend a bit more time with them yeah, after. Nice. so because yeah I, I would say for me personally like time away from my family has been a factor here yeah. but it's like it's, it's what you have to do well it's, it's like any pursuit in life right if yeah. you're going to go hard you're going to have to spend less time just hanging yeah. out you know? but I, I think that's two things there that you did really great was one you communicated that to them to begin mm. with and now secondly you've, you've given back right you're like mm. you're at, now show's over now I'm going to spend a bit more time with you and, yeah. and be a bit more relaxed yeah know? yeah whereas um, yeah, some people just aren't able to, to just, turn that toggle to switch off yeah them. yeah cool cool in your experience as a coach what barrier do you see most clients fail to overcome to reach their goals? Um, this pretty much falls in line with everything that we've been talking about. And it is, um, you know, being consistent and having that self-discipline, you know. Um, you know, as much as we wanted, we've talked a little bit about balance and stuff like that. And I think um, the concept of balance gets misconstrued, you know, like, and they're like, oh, you know, I, I want to live a balanced lifestyle, but I still want to get six-pack abs and mm. <laughs> you'd be shredded. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. You yeah. know, like, if you want a body that you've never had before, you're going to have to be willing to push yourself and make sacrifices to get there. 
maintain that with consistency and then after that you can pull back and have some balance but mm-hmm. you know you just can't have that all yeah. the time you know like um yeah i just like even for gen pop clients you know like everyone wants to go out and have a few drinks every now and then and i will never tell a gen pop client that i can never have a drink you know i enjoy mm-hmm. a drink every now and then but it's realizing that hey if i want good progress I'm gonna to have to be willing to give up sacrifice. I mean, I'm willing, I'm willing to sacrifice and be consistent with it over time. And then once I get there, then I can think about slowly tapering off. Yeah. But um, I think everyone just kind of wants to do. Everything. They want it all. They want kind it of thing. all. Yeah. yeah. Do you, Do you think for your clients, what do they struggle most with? Like the training aspect, the diet aspect, or. I would say the social sacrifice is an aspect too, right? What would you say they struggle with the most? Or what do you see the most? Yeah, yeah, it definitely would be yeah, the nutrition and the social aspect. Because mm. um, people want to train, right? Yeah. Mm. And like, you, you'll hear it all the time, you know, most people, even with nutrition, they'll be able to do it, you know, Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday. And then uh, as soon as the weekend hits, you know, they're with their, their friends and they're just kind of just throwed out to the wind. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And like a lot of that just one requires self-discipline um, but secondly it's that communication um, being able to like ideally you want to be able to surround yourself with people with a similar mindset but that's not going to happen all the time like you can't you can't just be like oh, I'm going to get rid of my friends <laughs> they, they, they don't they don't go to the gym you know but it's about you communicating to them that hey guys like exactly what you did like my goal right now is to get you know diced Dice, you know, it's whatever. I, I re- I've been holding this 15 kilos for way too long. I'm feeling really unhappy about my body. I'm mm. hired this coach and he's going to help me, you know, get in the best shape of my life. But I need to be dedicated to this process and I need you guys to at least be understanding, you know. And the thing is, like, that communication goes a long way because no one is going to be... No one's going to know how important your goals are unless you tell them, right? Mm. Like, you know, because every, you know, every person starts a diet, right? And no one really sticks, <laughs> sticks mm. to it. So, you know, if average Joe starts a diet and they're, they're friendly, likes to get on the beers and eat shit every weekend, like, oh yeah, good luck, man. You'll last like a week, you yeah, know? Yeah. You, they feed you a pizza and you, yeah, you yeah. take the pizza. And they, it's just jokes. Yeah, it's yeah. just jokes, right? Whereas you're like, no guys, I'm, I'm really serious about this. Like, please support me um and if they don't then are they really your friend right yeah 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 you know yeah i think if people just like cut out literally what you just said the way you you just phrased it mm. is like so good like like hopefully like this is important to me can yeah. you understand that and yeah. just support me for sure yeah because i th- i think some people some friends may just perceive like oh he just Dog dice and doesn't want to have fun anymore. Yeah, but it, the communication aspect—that's so important. It's one. really important, yeah. Because I think a lot of people just think they're like, oh, they should know this is important to me. Like, how are they going to know if you don't communicate yeah, that to yeah. them? You know, and then yeah, like if you just end up dogging them because you like fuck them, you know, like <laughs> they're like, oh, you're a shit friend. I don't want to hang mm. out with you anymore. And then you finish your, you know, your prep or your sixteen week diet or whatever. Yeah, and then you got no friends left, <laughs> you know, like. Um, have you really won, right? Like, um, mm. so it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, all right. So before my final question, um, 
if anyone out there is looking for an online coach or anyone is looking for someone to help them prep for bodybuilding comp, which I highly recommend. And obviously I'm biased, but I think also for, if no one, no one has known about this, I actually had a coach before Paulie and he was so bad. And interestingly enough, he wasn't bad because he wasn't knowledgeable. He's actually like one of the most knowledgeable people I've like seen on social media, but he was just like, not a very nice guy and I think when you're doing something like a prep you don't really want to be around like very negative energy and I think what I liked about Paulie was um, I already mentioned this it was just like just seemed like you care just seemed like yeah. you actually want the best for us as human beings rather than just like like smash us and make us look good so then you can like put so us on, us, on your th- social there's more to coaching than just diet and nutrition mm, yeah yeah 100% yeah. If it's just like, here, follow this, it's like, it's my way or the highway. Like that's, that's not a coach in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so if anyone is looking for a coach, where is the best place they could go to find you? Um, so you can email me. It's uh, Paulie, P-A-U-L-I-E underscore V underscore fitness at outlook.com. Um, my Instagram is recently hacked, uh, but I am on Instagram. It's at Paulie.V underscore. Um, you can just hit me up on there and we can have a chat and see if I can help you reach your goals. You better be quick because Paulie's very popular. So, <laughs> um, get on it. All right. And our final question. Yeah. So why is it important to, for you to 99 everything? You've touched on this already, but yeah. the whole point of this podcast is not just about being good at like one thing. It's like trying to be as holistic as possible, trying to maximize everything because we've already kind of talked about it, like everything kind of flows into each other. And if one thing's like missing, the other things can, will almost like overcompensate to try and like fill those things up. But I guess for you personally, why is it important for you to 99 everything? Um, if I had to put it simply, it would just be happiness, man. Like I, I can't imagine myself being happy if I was um, stagnant or really lacking in areas of my life, right? Like, um, yeah, if I was just really good at one thing or really good at nothing, like, um, how can I be happy with that, you know? Mm. Um, so overall, just the pursuit of being better drives purpose and that purpose helps me be happy. Wonderfully said. Thank you for your time, Paulie. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate um, it. And peace out, guys. We'll catch you in the next episode.